Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 224 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, the CFL season officially begins this week because you know the saying, it starts at Labor Day. And yes, Labor Day weekend, four great games, uh, classic rivalries coming up this week. Lots to talk about there. Uh, we'll take a look at the major matchup storylines, the fantasy players to watch, our betting picks for each of the game all that throughout the night here as well. Uh, Ryan and Trey here, just the two of us for now. Uh, maybe Adam will be able to hop in here at some point. He had some technical difficulties. Mike is out tonight. Uh, but Trey, how are you doing today? Fantastic, man. Labor Day Banjo Bowl week is the best. NFL around the corner. Time of the year, man. Best time of the year, I think. Kids going back to school, so they don't bug me no more. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, but, hey. The school zone starts soon, too. So remember that. I got one of those uh, September 1st last year. It was oh, good. no. <laughs> Coming back from Labor Day, too. Oh, geez. Anyway. Yeah, no, but important public service announcement. Yeah, the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year. Lots of fun stuff going on. We've got a fun show planned for you here tonight. Uh, we'll talk about all the things I just mentioned. We'll also get into later on in the show today. Uh, and hopefully Adam will be here for that. What's been the craziest week in the history of the CFC Fantasy Draft League? Uh, multiple trades were made, some with regrets, some with sketchy underhanded deals. Uh, and after an abysmal week the week before, Adam will be redrafting his entire, pretty much his entire team here uh, later on in the show uh, near the end of it. So stay tuned for that uh to see uh the entertainment and the antics and all that fun stuff here as well we're also live on a variety of different platforms thanks to presenting sponsor game time tv so we'll take your comments and questions uh throughout the night in our live chat uh learn more by visiting gametimetv.ca uh we also do want to before we go any further acknowledge that the canadian football countdown is brought to you from treaty one territory traditional territory of the anishinaabe Cree. Ojukri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, now, Trey, you mentioned that NFL season is starting up soon, and that brings me to something I want to mention before we get into talking about the games this week. Uh, you know, every week we plug the Discord community here on the show because we have a lot of different fun things going on there. Uh, we've got CFO game chats, lots of fantasy and betting talk. Uh, Mike and I, every Tuesday, record a bonus episode live in there, uh, recapping the week before. And with NFL season starting, we've got some fun NFL stuff going on as well uh, with a uh, NFL Fantasy League. Uh, the four of us will be playing in this. Uh, and We've got spots for 10 more members in our Discord community uh, to join us in it as well. Draft is next Wednesday. Uh, 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, and we, I believe, are going to be live streaming that draft as well for bonus content. So uh, that will take place uh, just before our regular episode next week. Uh, so look forward to extra content for that. And if you do want to play, the link to the Discord community is in the episode description. It's free to join. Join the Discord Go to the NFL channel in there, find the sign-up link for the Fantasy League, and get in there if you haven't already. Uh, the deadline to uh, sign up for it is 
uh, this Saturday at midnight. So uh, not a lot of time to sign up if you're interested there. Uh, are you excited, Trey? I'm excited. Oh, I'm pretty pumped. I uh, I won't say it on air, but I'm happy with my team name. I just typed in good Deshaun Watson names, and I went with it. So, oh, no. um, <laughs> it's uh, Discord only. And no, Richard, that's not a turtle. It's hard to see. It's Gainer. He's wearing his football shirt. Got Spider-Man Gitchies on because he's not potty trained. It's my Gainer, the gopher. He's had some rough times. Uh, best $60 I've ever spent at the Winnipeg Zoo. Um, so yeah, $60. Hey, hey, got to feed those polar bears somehow, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I bet those things eat more than, uh, most of us combined, man. So, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. So if you want to play in the NFL, we get in discord, uh, but let's get on to CFL talk for Labor Day week. And we'll start off with our first game of the week is a Saturday game. So we got to wait a while this time. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to pause right here for a second because look who has finally shown up. Boo. Uh, boo. Is here to talk about boo. this. Boo. Adam, come on. come on. Come on. Bring it up. Come on. You, yeah, you can do better right. than that. I know you can do better than that. Just slashed your other tires, too. Oh. <laughs> well, it was dad's tire that was uh, flat. So that's that's taking family into it. That's 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 personal. Adam, how are you today? Oh, just peachy. <laughs> Managed to finish the weed actually, which was great, but then had to move equipment back home from another field over further and then get back out to the field. And yeah, somebody's tire was flat. So had to get that all pumped up and ready to go. Trey must have stuck out really quick and popped the Garong guy's tire and then took off. So yeah, uh, I guess all right. <laughs> Karma. Oh, come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I like this comment here. Put put the draft night in the calendar so that uh, that you're going to be free, that nobody can book up time during uh, during your NFL draft night. Or just do what I put in the Discord, that TikTok of giving your wife a two weeks notice. <laughs> you're unavailable Sundays till February. So <laughs> does that does that work for Fields as well? Or ah, uh, no. Oh. Well, yeah, okay. Ryan and I are good, man. You're on your own. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Adam. Well, we teased it up later on the show. You're going to do the fire sale redraft of your fantasy league team, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but first, we're previewing games here. We're going to start with BC and Montreal on Saturday night. Uh, it's a good thing you showed up just in time because uh, this is your job to prep the storylines for us normally. You think Trey and I actually did? Uh, no, we were just going to wing it. So what do you got for us on BC Montreal? Well, I think the first thing is I'm going to wing it too because I've been just literally ran to my computer and started up. But I got a few things lined up because I was thinking a little bit in the field. Um uh, you know, uh, the first thing I probably would take a look at here is, boy, that uh, negative four has uh, really changed quite a bit there. I'm quite amazed that BC actually is uh, favored in this game, to be honest, because this is an away game for them. They got a cross three, and they have not looked very good in the last few games. Uh, any of you guys want to guess on what's going on with the BC Lions besides what I could see is maybe a stalling defensive line? Ryan, any suggestions? A stalling defensive line, an offensive line that, uh, you know, hasn't been helping themselves. They had, uh, you know, a number of penalties, a number of sacks they've given up, you know, pressure on B.A. He's still performed pretty darn well there, too. But, 
they've been turning over the ball a little bit here and there also. And yeah, the defense not being able to get stops. Like you had Hamilton put up 30 points on you last week. And this is a team that just got its second passing touchdown under Taylor Powell at quarterback. So, uh, you know, it's been a bunch of mistakes. It kind of seems like they started in that game against Winnipeg and it's kind of continued ever since. And, and now BC's got to get themselves back on track if they still want a shot at first place in the, in the West. Trey? No, I agree. I'm not too, I can't quite put my finger on it. It seems like there's a bunch of little things and you kind of started seeing them a few weeks ago when they came back to Winnipeg when the Bombers blew them out and it's like, ooh, that their holes were shown. And I think other teams maybe have picked up on that since then because it kind of, that's kind of what triggered this. Maybe it was a little bit of a confidence blow or nice hair at them. <laughs> and maybe Vernon Adams was feeling a little godlike until that game. And now we kind of came back down to earth a little bit. So, I don't know. There's a lot of little things here, but man, we need to get the 10th team because this is the worst matchup on Labor Day. You know what I mean? I think we need that Coast Bowl, right? And then Montreal and Ottawa for the Battle of, I guess, kind of Quebec because Ottawa's on the line, right? That that sounds like Labor Day to me. But yeah, interesting game to kick it off on Saturday, boys. I think, you know, this is as far coast to coast as it gets right now, obviously, right, oh, yeah. uh, with what we've got. And I think that's maybe the biggest storyline for BC here for me is this is a team that, granted, last week aside, is normally best at home and struggles on the road and struggles on the road hard when they got to go all the way to the opposite side of the country and play the Montreal Alouettes. So for a team that has had its fair share of ups and downs lately, a uh, road game here is a tough matchup for them. I agree. Adam, you're muted. I think the other thing also to keep in mind in this game here, uh, you know, this is going to be, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first game that Vernon Adams is going to face the Montreal Alouettes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Second. Sounds kind of crazy. Second? Okay. They played earlier this this year, I think. In BC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this will be the first home game game going back for Vernon Adams, I guess, into Montreal. Uh, How how loud is it going to be there? Was Vernon Adams kind of... I don't know. I, I don't think I really heard much about the Montreal media really uh, taking a shot at VA for leaving, really, essentially, and uh, being traded off there uh, to BC last year. I, I don't think it was really a hard loss or anything that Montreal fans kind of felt like they were gypped. But uh, I don't know. Uh, is, is he going to get a loud reception or what's the story there? And I guess I'll ask one other quick question here, too, because we all we got a whole pile of stuff to go through tonight. Uh the big question, I guess, in Montreal right now is Caleb Evans or Cody Fajardo? Trey, you can go first in that one. You want me to answer that question or the first question? Both. Why not? Oh, well, well I think Fajardo. I like, I, like, I like Fajardo. I mean, not wrong with Caleb Evans. I've just been on I, – I like Fajardo, and I think he just doesn't quite have the pieces around him, but we'll see. And the first part was the reception part. I think he'll get a loud reception because in I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but if you knew Trevor Harris was leaving to Saskatchewan, you probably would be like, well, why didn't we keep one of them? Like we ended up losing both of them now, and now we got Fajardo to replace him. But I mean, Fajardo when he's on, I think is a lot better than I don't know. Those three guys are kind of hard. They're kind of that second tier, maybe third tier. So I don't know. But I'd go with uh, Fajardo, <laughs> Ryan. 
Yeah, I think I, I install on the, the Fajardo train here as well. I think he's the better passer. And you mentioned not having the talent around him. Well, yeah, they've been, had a number of injuries at wide receiver, but they're getting a big piece back. And I think this is the big, this is a piece that is going to help him a ton if he can stay healthy and play. And that's Greg Ellingson, who's going to make his uh, Alouex debut, it looks like, this week. So I don't know what to expect from him right out of the gate. He's missed a lot of time due to injury. I mean, he missed most of last year. Now he now he missed the start of this season up until Labor Day. But uh, that was a big piece they brought in the offseason that could make a big impact here and be that reliable second down big play guy uh, to supplement, you know, what Austin Mack has done so far. So I, I, I think I, I think you got to roll with Fajardo right now uh, in terms of VA's reception. First, just say the only person who didn't like VA in Montreal was Danny Machocha, right? Like, like it, it seemed like he was a fan favorite to me uh, personally. You know, I've seen a number of people say they liked him a lot more than they liked Trevor Harris uh, there in Montreal, but uh, Machocha wanted Harris to be his guy, and that's why he got shipped out. So I don't think there's any bad blood there. I, I think it'll be a warm, warm reception there. I think so as well. I don't think there was any real reason to really boo VA. I think he was a good player for him when they had him. Uh, and I think they got a good quarterback now. I don't know if it's Caleb Evans or Cody Fajardo. Both of them look capable of running a pretty good offense for uh, Jason Moss and the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, quickly over in the chat, Richard uh, went and said, uh, BC lost their running game. That's why they're losing these games. What do you guys think? Is it uh, right up to Taquan Mizell? Or is it something else with BC that, I, I, to me, I think uh, this might be part of it. I haven't heard a lot out of Mizell lately uh, for the run game. And, I mean, Sean Shivers is there as well if they wanted to try to change things up, I suppose. Uh, is that a big factor in this BC kind of mini, uh, I don't know if you call this mini losing streak? Skid. Losing skid. skid. <laughs> Not a streak. Three has to be a streak. Not Two three. is a Not skid. Not a streak when it's losing. I think so. I agree with you. If that's a name you haven't heard in a while. Like, I feel like he was one of those players first couple weeks was like everyone wanted on fantasy. Everyone was talking about and he's kind of disappeared right now. Right, Ryan? Well, that brings us into the fantasy players to watch. I think that's a perfect segue to go there next because Taquan Mazel happens to be the first player on my list for this week at $11,900. Um, and you're right. He, he hasn't got a ton of usage lately. Underwhelming number of carries, back-to-back games under 10. But he still does get a, num- a small handful of targets to supplement it. I, I think they got to start using him there in there a little bit more, as good as the pass has been. But they face an Alouette's pass defense that really doesn't give him up much. And I think is also getting Siante Evans back this week, another big piece in that secondary. So... I think the Alouettes, you know, are susceptible to the run. They give up 14 fantasy points per game to starting running backs. I think Mazzell will get a little more usage this week and uh, potentially be a worthy selection here. Uh, I also, you know, sticking with the BC side of things, uh, I'm going to say Keon Hatcher, $12,000. He's basically become an auto start. Like he's, he's a guy you insert into your lineup without question at this point. Leads the league with an average of 9.6 targets per game, 11.7 in his last three. Uh, in his last three games, 90-plus yards and a touchdown in each of them and averaged over 25 fantasy points in that span. He also happens to have the best positional matchup in this game uh, for the BC offense. So 
Uh, I think Keon Hatcher is honestly in consideration for captain material almost any week. He was my captain last week. That worked out well uh, and might be so again this week. On the Montreal side, two wide receivers I do like there as well. I mean, Austin Mack continues to lead the league in receiving yards and is one of the most frequently targeted receivers in the league with 7.6 per game. Uh, He is $12,100 this week, and BC's defense has been struggling, especially putting pressure on the quarterback. Hopefully that gives Fajardo a little bit more time to hit his number one and most reliable receiver, and having Greg Ellingson back uh, could take a bit of the pressure off of him there as well. And I also think, I mean, you you got to wait and see the depth chart because I don't know where Ellingson slots in, but they did just let Ergy Mayala go, so maybe he slots in there. Uh, but I think Tyson Philpott's a good value play at $4,400. It worked out for those who took him last week. Uh, and the Alouettes allow 9.3 points per game to middle slot backs, which is second worst in the CFL. So Philpott hasn't lit it up yet. He doesn't have more than 40 receiving yards in a game, but he uh, gets a couple of targets a game and I think can get you value at his price. So those are four players to watch in this game from me. Uh, Trey, anybody have your eye? Who am I playing this week? Mike? Good, he's not here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree with uh, Mizzle, and I actually threw Whitehead into my lineup right now. I think he might... I feel like he's a guy, too, that's been kind of quiet this year, mm-hmm. but he does kind of fit in with Price. But that's uh, all I got. I haven't been a fan of Montreal at all, so, yeah. Yeah, Mike who? Uh, Mike who, yeah. um yeah what is up with the fantasy player values this week we're gonna get into that when we talk about another game i'm gonna rant about that a little more uh because they make absolutely no sense the way things have changed adam what about you in this game oh i'm debating it here let's see am i muted bitch i am nope i'm not actually that's amazing anyways um I'm taking a look at two guys. I'm, I'm considering Ellingson. He's too much money for what I think. He's 10000 You don't know what he's coming back at. And they always say the first game is not the one to ever take a guy. You take him in the second game uh, when he comes back from injury. So that's probably not the smartest move for me, but I'm debating it. Austin Max on my list, uh, just because, you know, old reliable seems to be pretty good. Uh, and the other one that I have on my list, uh, let me just take a look once more. I'm considering the Montreal defense uh, just because I think that they're going to get some good pressure up the middle, like uh, uh, our friend Richard over there is saying in the chat uh, that teams have been just pinning their ears back and going after uh, after BC. Uh, but yeah, those are the guys I've got right now. Keon Hatcher is also on my list just because of the amounts of points he's been getting. But I'm debating it also because that's 12.1,000 and not, not overly cheap, so. Anyway, those are the guys I'm looking at. Yeah, you mentioned Montreal's defense. Spoiler spoiler alert, I have no defenses in the players to watch list at this point uh, because, you know, great analysis. Shout out to Discord user Sandwiches who's been really tracking the defensive scores lately. It's not worth it to try to pick which defense is going to be best. Pick the rest of your roster first, then look at which defenses you can afford after that and then maybe make a selection based on which one's available. But I have no problem spending bare minimum and just settling for whatever points I get from a defense and focusing on the rest of my lineup uh, in fantasy, and that's probably what I'll do again this week. So none of them are making the players to watch because they're always going to be a disappointment for the value. 
Um, betting odds, betting picks this week. I got one right last week, finally, guys. I did it. Uh, Edmonton's streak broke my uh, broke my losing streak as well. I remember I asked you guys if you wanted to take my hand and jump in, and I, I don't, I don't think you did. I don't think you did. No. No, he abandoned ship. Yeah, yeah, but um, this week, BC on the road minus four. But like we talked about, are they a good road team or not? And in, is Fajardo what? Like, I think it's going to be the battle of which quarterback can bounce back after last week. And I'm going to tip my hand slightly to VA in this one and take him the minus four and over under 47. Ooh. I'll take the over as well. Ryan, what do you think about this one? So I signed up for ChatGPT this week and tried to get ChatGPT to make my picks uh, for this segment because I've gotten one game right in the last two weeks. Uh, and turns out ChatGPT does not know how to predict future events and is limited with data up until 2021. So that was out. Uh, tried to get a guest to come on the show to make my picks for me. That didn't work out either. So I guess I'm stuck with this. Um, yeah, BC's not great on the road out east, but Montreal's not good against these top teams in the CFL. The only thing is, is, is BC still a top team? Uh, I want to lean BC, but I'm also leaning Montreal. I think, I think I'm going to go with BC as well. I feel a lot better. Again, the Vernon Adams factor, I think, is the big one for me. And that defense has been talented, so... They've struggled lately, but uh, I think they need a good bounce back here. And, yeah, I'm going to take the over on this one as well. I think uh, lots of points to be had uh, from these offenses, specifically from BC's offense. Adam? Not a whole lot for me to really say on this one. I'm going to take the BC Lions as well. Uh, last or two weeks ago, good burning showed up in the fourth quarter uh, against the Riders, and then all of a sudden bad burning was kind of there for a while against Hamilton. And I think it's a point now where it's jostled around. And I think it's good Vernon right now. So I'm going to go with BA and uh, say that the BC Lions will win this one here. Uh, goodness, is any time to try to make a streak coming. And right now, I just am not confident in whatever Montreal does in quarterback because I don't know if they know what they're doing at quarterback yet. So, yeah, give me the uh, BC and the over as well. At least if I'm going down and taking you guys with me on this game. <laughs> yep. Uh, Let's get on to the game we want to talk about, right, Adam? Let's go. Oh, we're going back. All to right. Well. Just kidding. What a big Saskatchewan. No, that's next week, Trey. That's not I, this week. I bring them out every week. Every <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, we bring them out every week also in Saskatchewan. Uh, All right, Sunday, pre, Sunday, day before Labor Day game uh, between the Bombers and the Riders here. Uh, what is your storyline, Adam? Well, I think we got to talk about one quarterback, or maybe two. I think mainly one, though. Uh, Jake Dolagala will be the starter for the Labor Day Classic this year in Regina. Uh, I know Ryan's already got the thumbs down. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm debating on this one here. If Mason Fine isn't 100%, you got to go with Dolagala. And I think you also have to go with Dolagala no matter what, because he just got you a win. I At this point, whoever gives you a win, gives you a win. Good enough. I won't uh, disagree with you as much as I don't like it. No, fine's not. Yeah, you're right. Fine's not healthy, so it makes sense. Yeah. As much as I had the thumbs down as a joke, no, you're right. But I think on the Saskatchewan side of things, where there's a quarterback controversy brewing up in Montreal, 
I hate to say it. I think there might be the start of a running back controversy starting in Saskatchewan. Frankie Hickson had one run last game and it was for 40 yards. Jamal Morrow didn't have nothing. <laughs> Essentially, he was stumped. He was stuffed. It hasn't been working very well lately for Jamal Morrow. Uh, so I wonder if they're not maybe thinking about possibly running a dual back system in Saskatchewan, which would mean that they have to bring in some Canadian or something. Uh, but uh, what's your guys' thoughts on uh, running backs right now uh, in Saskatchewan? Trey? Oh, go to Ryan first. Okay. <laughs> Ryan? Well, you know, you know, uh, you throw any stats out, and I'm going to fact check you on, on this podcast. And you said Frankie Hickson ran for 40 yards last week. Adam, Frankie Hickson has not been in the lineup for like five weeks now. It's been. Uh, he has not uh, even been the backup. It's been Thomas Bertrand Houdon who's been the backup running back lately for the Riders. So uh, I don't think I don't think there is a uh, running back controversy there right now. Sure, you know Morrow hasn't gotten it done in recent weeks, uh, and that's been underwhelming at times. But uh, I think right now he's still the guy. You know, maybe they maybe they do still want to give Hickson a shot because he looked good last year. Um, but as of right now, you, you got to think uh, it's going to continue with Jamal Morrow. Yeah, Frankie Hickson hasn't registered anything on the stat sheet since week eight. Have you been putting him in your fantasy lineup, Adam? <laughs> that might explain a lot. <laughs> I was trying to get some extra points, called darn it. He got 40. He must have. I mean, at least it gives me some points. It's better than what I usually get out of my running backs. Anyways, uh, okay, no, I uh, must have must read something, or rather, when I was on the combine somehow today, I was trying to look up some stats or something, and somewhere I got right confused. So, anyways. that's okay. The CFL gets confused with their own stats. You might be right. the the website The PDF file might be wrong. So, uh, fake news, right? Anyways, uh, nevertheless, the riders there. I think they're coming in maybe a little more confident than they were a couple of weeks ago when they were looking to play Winnipeg, especially after beating the BC Lions. Uh, if you look at it, though, I think they got a couple key injuries that a guy's got to keep an eye on. I think the biggest one being Nelson Lacombo uh, did get injured against the uh, BC Lions there and uh, hasn't practiced all week so far in practice here. Uh, another one is Jake Weineke. He's been practicing, obviously, but I think he may have lost his job to a certain Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. So he's been practicing as a healthy scratch, which was crazy for him. Uh, two other guys that are constantly coming back for the Rough Riders as well. Uh, Reggie Bagleton, or not Reggie Bagleton, sorry, Joan Breskison, I should say. Uh, is Bagleton practicing. on your mind a little too much this week, Adam? <laughs> I've been eating too many Bagletons. Anyways, uh, nevertheless. Uh, Jawan Breskison is fully practicing in Saskatchewan, as well as uh, Brandon Council also is practicing fully right now. Would be a pretty good addition for the Riders to have back the big offensive lineman. Uh, one other question here again on the Riders, and then we'll move on to the Bombers. But uh, a certain running offensive lineman, and I would be ashamed if the uh, Rider fans didn't uh, would probably lynch me if I didn't mention him. Dakota Sheffley has been released again from another team. I uh, don't know if he signed anywhere as a practice roster guy. He might have an indie today. I have to check. Uh, but uh, I didn't see him picked up by anybody else. 
is Dakota Shepley a possibility for coming anywhere? And if he does, would he come back to Saskatchewan? You need to let Craig, it go, Adam. You need to let it go. I don't know. I don't think many yeah. guys many guys don't come back up anymore. It's not like it used to be. And it's, I'm not yeah. just specifically him. Like there, it's. Oh, I think it's most lost. guys just say this year's a wash. They'll see what they can do, practice roster, or after a few weeks of injury, and then if they want to come up, they'll come up here next spring. I, I yeah, I can't see many guys coming back up here. There's another guy who didn't make a certain 53 man roster that I'm sure BC and some other teams might want. Right? So I don't think they're gonna come back up. I Fair wouldn't. Enough. I wouldn't. But. That's me. It, it, and Ryan, the other thing also, I guess, even if he did, would he really want to come to the Rough Riders right now? I mean, you play an integral role, right? Uh, that That's certainly what you want. But you'd think a guy with that level of talent would be able to come back to the CFL. And, you know, every, we've talked about how the offensive line play hasn't been great across the league this year. So I think almost any team uh can use uh an upgrade on the o-line and a guy like dakota shepley if he wants to come back but yeah you're right like we saw we've seen other cuts uh around the nfl so far i mean nathan rourke's the big one do we want to talk about that for a quick second i know it's a weird spot to put it in the middle of this winnipeg saskatchewan game but since we were just talking about it nathan rourke getting cut by the jaguars and then not a single nfl team claiming him and he ends up on the practice roster there I'm surprised. I, I mean, I'm shocked based on what we've seen from him here in Canada and in the NFL preseason. I mean, this is a Hall of Fame quarterback that uh, nobody seems to want on their rosters right now. Like, um, but at the same time, I'm not shocked. Uh, Trey, I think you're you're kind of the most invested in the NFL out of all of us here. What do you think? Uh, I was a little shocked at first, but then the more I thought about it, is. I think a lot of teams just dress two quarterbacks nowadays. And um, I think most teams were probably thinking they didn't have space for him anywhere other than a practice roster, but he can get signed by any team if he's on Jacksonville's practice roster. So like, I think it's so, I think that's kind of the thing is someone will try to steal him when an injury comes along. I think it's more because then if you, I think if you signed him, he would have to sign him to your roster. And roster spots are very valuable. 53 guys, you know what I mean? Um, it's tough. And two of them are quarterbacks, if not three already. And right. and I, I think the, the situation in Jacksonville, it seemed like um, Lawrence and whatever, Beathard or whatever, are really tight. So that was a really tough, you know, they have a real good working relationship. So I think it was tough for him to get in because we saw what he did, right, against Dallas. And then he did it again against Detroit. I think he could play there, but I think it's just it's a little bit of a fraternity. So if you're not in it already, it's kind of hard to. But we saw Purdy, right? What he did, third stringer, yeah. comes in and makes a noise. And I draft him in my one league, so I'm pretty happy about that. So you know, I think he'll have his shot. But if he doesn't have his shot, if he doesn't get playing time, I could see him coming back next year, maybe here. But we'll see, because you know, or maybe he'll do this Strevler and try to get his pension. Who knows? Ah, big Brewster Brock. I miss him. Anyways, um, nevertheless, uh, I think that Nathan Rourke, I I don't mind that he's down in the NFL. I like that he got a shot to at least to be on a PR. But uh, the only thing is, I think it's the wrong team to be a P on a PR on. Uh, I think that he would have had better opportunities by just saying to Jacksonville, no, I'm not even interested in being on the practice roster, uh, and then going somewhere else. Because I think that there's other teams 
that the backup is probably a little weaker. Like, for example, uh, I look at Arizona and I say, boy, there's nobody behind Kyler Murray, is there? That, that Murray's going to be out for like Kyler Murray's not even playing. But the thing, Adam, is he would have yeah. to have signed, he would have to sign on the roster. And I don't think any team offered him that. He can't go to another PR. Yeah, but if you don't sign with Jacksonville, you're not allowed to be just signed up on a practice. Well, trial. you'd have to go as a free agent. Well, that's and what I'm I saying. Don't, I don't you know. know. I, I guess agent. he could have. Yeah. But before the waiver period, he would have had to have been added to an active roster. And I think yeah, no one had an open spot for him. No, I get that. I mean, yeah. my thing was go straight to free agency. Just say, no, I'm going straight out to free agent. But I, and you know I what? Think... Whatever. BC will go and offer him their, his 650, 700,000. He'll say no. And he'll go to maybe have a better opportunity to get a better spot, right? Like to me, I think he would have probably had like Arizona. I think he would have had a great chance in even Cleveland, for example. I know they got a quarterback now that they're really excited about over there, but honestly, Rourke's got some experience throwing the ball. I, I think he I looked, really, I think he looked good in Buffalo. Buffalo yeah. against behind Josh, behind Josh Allen, yeah, big time. Or Josh Allen and. Yeah, I said Jake Allen. Sorry, never mind. Oh, yeah, behind Josh Allen. But I think the two, I, I see what you're saying. But essentially, in the NFL, he is a free agent being on a practice roster because any team can claim him. So at least now he's in building, he's learning game film, he's doing stuff. Where if he's free agent, he's just he's doing the Colin Kaepernick routine and training on his own, right? And, right. and I, 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 so I agree with what you're saying. But I think you take the PR, you're getting somewhat of a salary. You can get claimed up at any time by any of the thirty other 30 teams or 31 teams so i i get and, what you're saying the, but i don't think he, he other, doesn't have any leverage in the, PR in the right nfl isn't being on like being in the pr in the nfl is a lot different than being in the pr and the cfl oh yeah so that's what i'm well, saying at least he, he, he gets to attend meetings he gets to be at their training facilities as soon as he's a free agent he has to go back to his parents house until he gets signed right like that's kind of the difference i guess now, if yeah, he were to come to the CFL, BC still has his rights, apparently, right? So that, like, that's if he decided to come back here, like, that's an interesting dynamic. What do they do? Because, you know, when a talent like Ward comes back, but you've got VA who's playing, you know, pretty darn good so far this season, too, already. You know, suddenly, do they have both of them on the roster? And is there competition there between them? I think, you know, just to sum it up, and then we'll get back to the this uh, Winnipeg-Saskatchewan matchup. I think having him, yeah, still over in Jacksonville as the third string, I think there were good opportunities elsewhere. And, yeah, he probably deserved the second string spot based on how he played in the preseason. I thought he played better than uh, what we saw from the backup there. But I get wanting to have the experience there in case you need it suddenly in a game. But let's say Trevor Lawrence goes down, and I saw this take on Twitter, and I kind of agree with it. Let's say he goes down and he's missing an extended period of time. Backup comes in and struggles. You got Nathan Rourke there. Are you going to hesitate to, you know, maybe build something with him at that point, right? So I think there there is still room for an opportunity for the, him there. And like you said, Trey, it's a good, it's an opportunity to learn and grow. And yeah, he's not getting claimed anywhere else right now, but uh, maybe maybe down the road there. Uh, just to get back to this matchup here, though, we talked about Saskatchewan side. Uh, what did you want to talk about on the Winnipeg side, Adam? Uh, just quickly about uh, maybe a little bit on their offensive line again. B Winnipeg has not been the same as they used to be uh, in their offensive line. Saskatchewan's got a pretty dangerous uh, defensive line with Anthony Lanier there. Uh, this might be one of those years where I don't look at Willie Jefferson and say, geez, I hope that Dolagala don't get it. I think this might be one of the years, years where I say, 
gee, I hope Kalaros doesn't get hit by Anthony Lanier uh, much. Anyways, that I, I uh, like I said, it's been a different year for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, they're maybe not as scary as they quite used to be at one time. I mean, don't look at that receiving core. You might be scared. But uh, is is this going to be a concern going forward? I think it's got to be almost for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is their offensive line. Uh, what do you guys think? Is there are we worried about the uh, D line of Saskatchewan? If you're a Winnipeg Bomber fan, I'm worried who who Claros is throwing it to. Like that's what I'm more worried about, man. He's the only guy who could throw three picks and two sixes and somehow win the game. Like I don't get it. But like, um, I don't know. Whatever their record was last year, I know we always said they were the worst looking what 15 and three team in history. They're doing it worse this year. I think they're the worst looking nine and two team I've ever seen. They do not deserve this record, but somehow they just get a nice knockdown, a nice pick, a nice kick return, something silly here and there. Or like I said, they throw two sixes and that's basically the only points Montreal could put up for 60 minutes. Right. So man. Yeah. Richard by 30, who throws all like, who gives like we just said, here's 14 points and we beat you by 30. Like, that's ridiculous, and I don't think they can do that against the Rough Riders on this week. If it was any other week, yes, I would say Bombers by 100 between how these two teams are, but we know how Labor Day goes, Ryan. So, like you, right, you kind of agree. I don't know about this team. I think I think Caleros is going to be looking at that blue Saskatchewan sky probably just as much as um, Delagala is, right? Yeah, I I think Caleros is like like back to back MOP. This is a guy that plays you know top tier level ninety percent of the time. But I've never seen a quarterback at an elite level like he is throw so many pick sixes. Like he doesn't just throw interceptions or fumble the ball. If he does, it goes back for a touchdown, and, and it's it's kind of incredible, really. Uh, I I don't know if I've seen anything like this. I mean. There were a lot of jokes last game that he liked throwing touchdowns. He threw, what, six touchdowns last game, technically, two to the other teams. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre one here with, with Caleros. And good most of the time, but a couple of those mental mistakes, which if games get close and they're not able to put games away, you know, are going to hurt them eventually. And they seem to overcome them now. But uh, you're right. It's been sloppy so far, but they found a way to get it done. And, and crazy enough, we're at Labor Day and they can clinch a playoff spot with this win, boys. Like uh, we talked about Toronto wrapping up first place in the East by Labor Day. That's less likely now. Now we're looking at Winnipeg, I think, win, clinch the playoff spot if they win this week. If they win next matchup as well, clinches first place in the West Division or at least a home playoff game. Yeah, it's amazing that Winnipeg is already doing it and, yeah, 9 and 2 team and, oh. Edmonton and Calgary, man, they just haven't been very good this year, and Saskatchewan has done much behind them. Point I bring up, should I? This I know this back to Saskatchewan, but if I'm Saskatchewan, should I be a little worried that you're guaranteeing one of those two teams that are chasing you is likely they're both getting a win, or one team's getting two wins, and they're really on you, and then you got to play Winnipeg back to back? Like, I, I know if Calgary Edmonton split it. I'm not too worried, but let's say Edmonton keeps it going and goes on a three, four game win streak. Now they're tied almost right for that third spot. I'd be a little worried if I was Saskatchewan, wouldn't you be Adam? Uh, You know what? I think Saskatchewan fans were more worried going three games in one against BC two against Winnipeg. And now that they get that BC win already, 
I think the pressure's a little bit off the Riders. That was a big, big win the other night. Uh, if they would have lost that game, the pitchforks would have been out in Saskatchewan. I mean, no question that, especially the way that game went, uh, it would have got ugly here in Saskatchewan. Instead, Craig uh, Reynolds comes, or Jeremy O'Day comes down and gave uh, Craig Dickinson the game ball. I mean, <laughs> changed a little bit after that win. So, um, if I'm Saskatchewan, I want one of these wins badly. And I mean, traditionally, and again, not lately, but traditionally, the Riders do win Labor Day. Uh, this game, the records don't mean absolutely anything. Uh, they never do. And like I said, the Riders are not a bad, bad team this year. They're not like last year. They are a better team. But are they really that good? I guess we're going to find out. But uh yeah, I, I think if I'm more of Saskatchewan fans, I'd be more offended that you're a seven and a half point underdog before you're uh, before you're worried about if you got to win these two games for Calgary, Calgary, right? right? Yeah, I agree. And you talked about the history on Labor Day. You know what version of history are we going to get? Because historically, Saskatchewan won every matchup, and going to Labor Day was an automatic loss for the Bombers, and you know, didn't matter what the records were. Recent history, not so much. It's kind of the other way around. The Bombers seem to own Mosaic Stadium uh, in the past couple of years. So, you know, what version are we going to get? Uh, I'm excited for this game, of course. Last time these two teams met back in week number two, I believe it was. It was a complete shootout uh, in that game. Uh, it was like 40 to 30 or something was the score. You know, Trevor Harris lit it up. Coleros lit it up. Um Will we see the same from Caleros and Dola Gala in this game? I don't know. Uh, both defenses are pretty good. Uh, you finally changed the hat back, Adam. Labor Day, Day matchup, and the guys wearing a tie. The Riders fans wearing a tie cats hat. Make it make sense. Uh, questionable decisions. We'll get into more of them later on in the show for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, so it should be a good matchup. You know, like you said, it doesn't matter uh, what, what the records are on Labor Day uh, in this game. Uh, are we ready to get into the fantasy picks uh, here or anything else uh, before that? Nope, nope. Let's head into fantasy. All right, I got three guys to look for in this game. The first one is Brady Oliveira at $13,000. He's 20-plus uh, fantasy points in three of his last four games. He has an opportunity to hit a thousand yards this week uh, on the ground, guys. He's at 895. Uh, he's put up a number of games over 100. He could get there uh, this week on Labor Day, which is crazy because last year he finished with 1,003 on the year. So he's on a you know he's on a huge pace this year. He's consistently getting called upon in the fourth quarter to put away a game. Uh, he does have a tough matchup against the Riders' defense. They did hold him to 5.6 points in Week 2, but I think his workload and opportunities just can't be ignored. Uh, and he's a pretty good running back selection for you. I've also got Nick Dembski as a player to watch at $12,500. We, I think, discussed a couple weeks ago on the podcast whether players circle certain games on the calendar and I think nobody gets up for a particular matchup more than Nick Dembski likes to play against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, seems he's traditionally delivered big games in their meetings. And while part of this, I'll admit part of this is just a gut feeling pick, I think the numbers do also back it up a little bit because uh, he's got 15-plus fantasy points in five of his last six games. Granted, a lot of that is touchdown-based, uh, but he's been pretty consistent with it nonetheless. 
On the rider's side, the only name I've got here, hey, everybody's favorite value play, Jarrett Stearns, is back from a bye week. Thank goodness. Uh, he comes in at just $4,500. He's averaged 5.7 targets, 11.8 fantasy points per game in his three games so far. Uh, the Bombers do give up the least in the league to his slot, middle slot back position, but I think the volume for the price is still worth it if you need to save some dollars. Adam, we'll go to you here first. Uh, which players are you uh, potentially putting in your lineup? Well, first things first, I've got my value play. Jared uh, Stearns, you have to take him for 4500 to make uh, some other moves work for me, so I'm going to take him. Uh, you already mentioned Nick Dembski and Brady Oliveira. I do like both of them for this game. Uh, I'm not sure how much I'm, I'm playing into one game quite a bit, and I usually don't try to do that. I try to spread out the the wealth, but uh, I think on this one here, I'm going to probably take one more, and it's my quarterback. I think I'm going to take Jake Dolagala in this one here. Take the chance, and when I let, when he lights it up for 400 plus yards and three touchdowns on the ground, Brian will bow to me and say he's not worthy. I was also going to go and uh, take uh, Keon Schaefer Baker, but I think I did earlier, so I won't bother again. Trey. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I took Keon Shaker or whatever, Schaefer Baker, because I feel like he's the Nick Dembski on the Rough Riders side. He does pretty good against the Bombers traditionally. And Stearns. And you know, I threw the Bombers defense up just for fun. I had the salary cap. They were kind of, they're pretty expensive, but I thought uh, they usually get a pick or two or a touchdown or some decent. Is that points anymore? Interceptions? Touch, touchdowns don't count. No. Touchdowns don't, but it do interceptions and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Well, they'll get a pick or two. Willie Jefferson will knock something down and get a fumble. What good? Good. All right, those are fantasy players to watch in this game. Uh, betting lines for the Labor Day matchup here. At seven and a half for the Blue Bombers uh, on the road. Disrespected Adam doesn't think they're deserved. I'm going to tell you, Adam, they are a million percent deserved. Your team is trash, just like your <laughs> fantasy football etiquette rules, man, giving me players on PR. You know what? I have so much I want to tell you, but this is a family show, man. You know, you peasant. Get out of here. And I'll take the over. The Blue Bombers will score the over on their own, you bum. Get back to your tractor, Forrest Gump, man. I don't care. I don't even care what you have to say. Ryan, what do you got? <laughs> I don't think I have anything to say after that. I don't know how I follow that up. Um, ditto. Uh, ditto. <laughs> oh, yeah, ditto. That's why he's uh, my friend on the show now. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm leaning Winnipeg minus seven and a half here as well. I I always struggle with the bomber lines, and I think we've talked about that in, in recent, a lot where it's uh, – you know, it's hard to pick because it's normally a bigger spread and either Caleros will throw a timely pick or they'll be up 30. Uh, and it seems like sometimes there's no in between. But I'm going to take the Bombers. Um, and, yeah, I think I'll take the over on this game as well. I think we have another high-scoring game between these two teams. Adam? I don't care. Well, I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, well, I think I'm going to go with the idea of the classic on this one. Saskatchewan's going to win it. Uh, I think that they're going to win it on a key on Schaefer Baker. No, no, no. The Riders are going to win this. Yep, not even cover. They're going to win this on a key on Schaefer Baker touchdown. I didn't realize. And I'm going to go with the over as well. 
What's that there, Ryan? I didn't realize Mike was here tonight. You're picking the Riders to upset? Yeah, I'm picking the Riders to upset <laughs> in this one. I'm not even doing the reverse psychology like Mike would do. I'm picking the Riders to win this one because it's the Labor Day Classic. The Riders are going to be a little better than they used to be. That offensive line of uh, Winnipeg scares me. And I not not in a good way or not in a bad way either for scaring me. And I think that Zach Kalaros will probably not finish this game and Drew Brown will be in. So we're definitely winning by 30 (laughs) when we got the quarterback who doesn't throw two pick sixes a game. He doesn't throw any 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 touchdowns either, but anyways. That's fine. He threw four in that game, Adam. That's fine. I can't see Edmonton Elks. Let's get real here. Well, the team that's going to catch yours in a few weeks, buddy. Easy. Please. Two wins against Calgary, and then guess who they play after that? Your garbage team. So they also yeah. got to play Winnipeg and BC again. Oh, so we'll, we'll spot this. them to win just so you guys can't make the playoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just want us, and you guys just want us in IGF. I know. If you guys can, you know, if we don't go and play BC. Yeah, okay. So when we win in uh, win in BC, then we'll come over and guy. You know, Riders can play in the cold. Anyways, uh, no, give me the Riders for winning this one here, uh, and the over. All right, let's move on to the first of the Monday doubleheader, which is Toronto and Hamilton Battle of Ontario uh, here on uh, the Monday game, the first Monday game, three thirty p.m. Eastern time. Uh, in this one, uh, what are we looking at for some stories here? Sorry, I was just typing in the timestamp. Um, I think on this one here, I think we got to see if the uh, running streak of James Butler can continue. I mean, the man's been on fire for the last two weeks here, has had a really good uh, run so far. Uh, why is he throwing him around and... <laughs> Beating up poor Gainer. Anyways, uh, I'm nevertheless, I, I want to see. I think, I think uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, I thought maybe you got a legendary goal for an RDR too. Anyways. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Anyway, let's talk about this yeah. game. Toronto by seven and a half, boys. <laughs> let's get it going. Let's get it going. <laughs> No, hey, James Butler, I think, is uh, the talk about in Hamilton. If he can run all over the Argonauts, a little different story, I guess. But uh, he did very well against the BC Lions. Can he do it again, Brian? Yep. Yeah, he's 90% of their offense right now. I talked about this on the Drive Home Call-In show yesterday with Mike that I I think he's in contention for East MOP along with Chad Kelly, right? Uh, Certainly most valuable player on his team. Uh, and well worth the money they spent on him this offseason, right? The, he might be one of the most valuable additions anybody's made. Uh, of course, it hasn't paid off a ton because they haven't picked up too many wins uh, out of it, but uh, I, I think he's the crucial part of this team, and they're going to need to keep feeding him the ball the way, the way they have been. Uh, but my bigger question for you guys, I guess, out of that is last week the big win over BC – is that just a flash in the pan for the tie cats, or is that the start of some sort of momentum they can get here? Tough matchup again with Toronto, but uh, I don't know, Trey. What do you think? Uh, are the tie cats uh, picking up steam here? Mm, no, because Toronto by seven and a half. So that's I, I like Butler though. I think Butler. I, I'll tell you right now, he's on my fantasy, so don't even ask me later. He's the only guy 
on Hamilton I have with uh, Kelly on Toronto. So, yeah, I, I think Butler is kind of maybe Butler, but I don't like the team overall. Uh, I'm going to just put it like this. The Arkells have the song about the Ticats humming. For one game, they did. I don't think they're going to continue humming. Uh, they just don't have the pieces that they need. I mean, Taylor Powell, yeah, he had an okay game, I guess, in the one time. And James Butler had a good game. I mean, that was essentially all it was. And the defense kind of stepped in and stood on uh, James or stood on the BC Lions a little bit. And, yeah, even Keon Hatcher still had a good game against the Ticats. So I think there's more targets and more uh, people that they can do. Uh, and have uh, go on over in uh, over in Hamilton, but are in Toronto. I think that they're just too strong to really let the momentum of Hamilton to continue. Yeah, I, I agree on that. And I guess let's talk about the Toronto side. I mean, can Javon Leak do it again, boys? Uh, he seems to be week after week. That's what three weeks, four weeks in a row with a kick return touchdown. Uh, or a punt return touchdown for him. Uh, seems like he gets it done week after week. Uh, unlike anybody else, uh, I would put him as the top return man in the CFL right now. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I, I, that's all I got on it, really. I don't have a whole lot on that one. Yeah, any any other any other return guy that you would put up there? I mean, we I feel like we talk every year about uh, oh, like you go through anybody returns a kick for a touchdown Sunday, they're the best return man in the CFL, right? Wow. Everybody's claiming yeah. it, but you do Isn't it. Engineering Grant's back this week too. We missed that in the last game, but other than him, yeah, I'd say it's him. Well, Genarian Grant, or uh, yeah, and then uh, you guys said McAllister, so. McAllister or Leak, I think Leak had a good return last week, but that was one return. I mean, Mario Alford had two in one game. Is he the best returner in the league? He's a dangerous returner. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis has had good returns for Calgary, and it's the same thing. Is Tommy Lee Lewis really the uh, be-all, end-all for uh, returners? I don't know. He seems to have good uh, returns, at least. I think what I would want is a guy that can always at least make you a good 20, 30 yards on a return, uh, consistently and giving you good field position to start than have the guy that gets you one touchdown a year myself, right? Yeah, but when you're talking about one touchdown a game, which is the pace he's on, well, then I don't think uh, – then, I mean, it's a given, right? Yeah, like, that's a little different, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy pace so far for Javon League this season, and it's making up for some of those defensive struggles they've had right uh do you have the injury reports there do we have injury reports for this game i don't think so because it's on monday but uh yeah the two the two monday games have nothing yet uh the bombers and the riders and then the montreal alouettes and the uh do i even have the montreal alouette one up here yeah the alouettes and the uh 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 bc lions are up here so yeah, but so that's no all the report for the Argos, but to that game against Calgary, I'm pretty sure they ran out of defensive backs uh, in it because they all went down due to injury. So, you know, that's that's got to be a big storyline here for the Argos, at least for me, is, is you know, Javon Leak, the, the Toronto the injured, the secondary injuries. Any other major Toronto storylines here? Nothing really that I could see coming up. I mean, DeMonte Coxie had a good game the other game again. Uh, might be a factor here against the Hamilton Tiger Cats who don't really 
sometimes show the strongest of secondaries. Uh, and then also you got to watch for AJ Olette again. I think uh, he hasn't had much of a games, uh, much for games this year that he's had really big, big returns or big uh, runs, but he's been consistent. So I think I would like, again, if uh, I think you'll probably talk about it more on the fantasy side of things, but I think they really need to get him into the backfield and making some catches. I think that's really where he excels, but I uh, haven't seen a whole lot of that out of Toronto quite yet. Uh, Ryan, what would you see in fantasy this week? Well, I've got a number of options in this game. I think this is where I'm probably looking at uh, taking a lot of players from. I've got five to mention here. Let's start with the fantasy MVP of the season. It's James Butler. Uh, and somehow he's only $10,000. The prices make no sense this week. They they cut the salaries on so many the, uh, guys this week. Like Butler, he should be up there based on what we've seen recently. He's probably a $15,000 player. Uh, but he's only 10000 which makes this even easier. Three of the top five and five of the top nine running back performances of the year, including the single best he put up last week with 30.4. They also put up 24.7 against the Argos back in week two. So all the Ticats offense runs through him, and he should be he's, – he's honestly the first player I'll lock into a lineup uh, every week at this point. Um uh, sticking on the Ticats side, I've got a couple of other names here as well. i got Taylor Powell as a consideration at $6,200 if you need a value play at quarterback. Uh, the Argos do give up 306 passing yards a game, second worst in the CFL, and Jake Mayer was able to break out of his extreme slump last week, so why can't Taylor Powell have his best day against them as well? I mentioned the injury bug there for Toronto's secondary. You know, Deshaun Amos was the big one uh, that went down and hurt them real bad in that category. Uh, Powell hasn't been flashy. He struggled to put touchdowns on the board, but he's still put up over 10 points in three of his last four games, which is really all you need from him at the, the price. I also want to consider putting Tim White into a lineup this week. You know my rule by now, left slot back against the Argos is automatically granted a spot on the watch list, and that happens to be White, who has back-to-back weeks over 11 points. Uh, we know he's got all the talent in the world and the ability to show it. He's had a bit of a quieter year so far, though. Uh, if Powell's going to exploit this Argos defense like everybody else does, I think White uh, will play a heavy role in that. Uh, I got a couple names on the Argos side too, but I'll throw it over to you guys here in between. Uh, Trey, just to rehash, I think you mentioned the names before. Who do you have in this game again? Butler and uh, Swag Kelly. Butler and Kelly. All right, Adam, what about you? I have got James Butler and James Butler alone. I don't think I can. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, let's I'm looking here. Yep, that's all I got is just James Butler. That's all I need. Right, Trey? Yeah. He worked out pretty good that one night. Yeah, because you put him as your captain. And that was the only difference we really had. <laughs> My heart's breaking. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Auto if your start tire gets flat in the middle of Winnipeg next weekend, don't call me, buddy. <laughs> well, after you'll probably be beside it. Probably. <laughs> Uh, Trey, you mentioned Chad Kelly. I think he's a player to uh, consider putting in this week as well. If you can save money elsewhere, $13,700 is his price. And he's got back-to-back weeks over 28 points, and he's hit that in four of his last six games. He's 
uh, a consistently elite fantasy quarterback. He has the best matchup of the week. The Ticats give up 18.3 points per game to quarterbacks. Oh, and Kelly has also put up 28-plus points in both prior meetings between these teams this year. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely captain material this week again as well. Uh, and taking a look at their receivers, uh, Cam Phillips, I think, is my favorite there at 9,000. Uh, he's become the consistent target leader for them. Seven or more targets and 10-plus fantasy points in three straight games. DeVaris Daniels probably feels like the sexier play right now. Uh, he's got the big play explosiveness and a better matchup, but he's also boomer bust. Uh, you know, some huge weeks, some very disappointing weeks there. So I'll take the reliable target share of Cam Phillips. Uh, all right, fantasy players are done. Uh, I think we know already who you're picking against the spread here, Trey. I think you've mentioned it a couple times. And the under, under 40, I don't, or 49. I don't think they're going to go over it this week, but Hamilton minus seven and a half. Adam, what do you got, man? Toronto minus seven and a half, just to clarify. You said Hamilton minus seven. Yeah, I meant Toronto, Toronto, yeah. Adam, you're muted too, by the way, bud. Uh, yeah, no, I figured that one out oh, after you, uh, you kind of uh, stopped me. So that was nice. Anyways, uh, no, I'm going to go the same way as you are, Toronto and under, because I don't see Toronto giving up a lot of points, and I see Toronto scoring a few more than Hamilton. So, yeah, give me that. Right? Uh, I'm agreeing with you guys too much this week. I don't like that. Uh, this was the week that was supposed to tear us apart uh, and kind of did, uh, but maybe this is group therapy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Argos to win. I'm also going to take the under on this one. Uh, again, the Ticats don't score very many touchdowns, and I, I think it could be a lower scoring game. So I will take that on this one as well as we move into our fourth and final game of the week. Uh, the Battle of Alberta, the Edmonton Elks visit the Calgary Stampeders on, uh, Monday, second half of the doubleheader, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, what is our major storyline here? Well, I think the first thing we got to talk about is Trey Ford. I mean, he's had two now very reasonably good games. He's showing now a little bit of more of uh, uh, three-dimensional instead of just, you know, looking one way and running the other, uh, which is still a big part of his game. But you got to remember, he did make some passing yards last week. Had some good throws out there. Is Trey Ford finally developing into the quarterback that everybody may want to have one day? Uh, right? I mean, he's doing well, right? Like, he, he's he's got two straight wins now. He's, he's looked respectable in his three games so far. I need to see more from him as a passer still. Like, sure, he put up 300 yards last week and some big plays. That was against the Red Blacks, who hasn't so far this year, you know, put up passing totals like that against them. So uh, I need to see continued development from him as a passer. I think against Calgary this week could be a good test for him there. Uh, you know, big rivalry matchup, but he's got the running ability. You know, I compare him to what we've seen from Dustin Crum so far. Seems like these are promising quarterbacks that we want to continue to see develop as a passer. Uh, but he's brought life to the team, right? Right, Trey? I didn't even know I muted myself. Jeez. Okay. Yes. I think he gave uh I think this, 
where would they be if they started him weeks ago? I wonder, you know, but I, I think it's, uh, we can't think of if, if, if the nuts were candies and butts, Adam would have a very Merry Christmas. Right. So, um, but yeah, I think it's Edmonton and I'm really interested in this because I think they're going to get closer to Saskatchewan than maybe Adam will like to think. So we'll see. Well, Trey Ford could mention playoffs all he wants during his post-game interviews. It ain't going to happen, but hey, give the kid optimism at least. Why not? Uh, seen a good game, I guess. I'm just going to run over to the Calgary side of the football and the same thing over for their quarterback, Jake Bear. Had a little bit of progression last week. I mean, they did look really pretty reasonable against the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, any thoughts on Jake Bear or anybody? I don't think he's a CFL quarterback, personally, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I want out of him. I really don't know what to believe with Jake Mayer. Like I was high on him coming into the year. Uh, he did, didn't look great for certainly a stretch of games there in a row. And last week, sure, he put up that big game again against the Argos, and he's had a couple big games so far this year. Uh, 300 plus yard passing games, you know, a number of touchdowns and looked good in those, but others he hasn't. And I kind of wonder with this last one, did the, uh, you know, how much of that was those secondary injuries for the Argos and just their past defense in general. So, you know, this will be a good test uh, for Mayer uh, against the Elks, who actually have a surprisingly good passing defense. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what he can do there. And, see how they follow it up and is Bagleton going to catch for 200 yards again uh, like last week no I, I would say a hundred percent chance no uh 99.9 I, I won't rule it, rule it out but uh uh no I, I think there's room for Mayor to probably find a, a middle ground between last week and the weeks prior to that uh and just got to develop that consistency that we saw from him last year yeah, I think that's all it is. And, I mean, he did have, show a little bit of potential last year when he was playing in those last cold uh, uh, games in uh, kind of the October uh, era. I thought he did very well in some of those games. But lately, well, like I said, he's hit and miss, it seems. And maybe he'll improve and change a little bit here. Uh, but I'll be honest, I don't see much behind uh, Jake Mayer to get excited about if you're a Calgary Stampeder fan. Uh You've got one guy that's played two seasons in the CFL. The other guy's a rookie. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't see much there on that side. Uh, I guess maybe what I should also talk about a little bit is on the Calgary side of the football is the uh, running game. Uh, it's been kind of hit and miss in the last little bit. Uh, Kadeem Carey and Diedrich Mills, I think they've been trying to do a, maybe a little bit more of a one-two punch. Uh, any thoughts on them, guys? I mean, do you, do you like the idea of the one-two system, or do you just pick somebody and let them run? I don't know. I hate it as a fantasy player. Yeah. Yep. It, 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 it's my it's my head trying to uh, split the two leagues too, because my NFL mind goes, it happens all the time, right? But CFL, you kind of it seems to be one guy, right, with only really having one running down. And then you kind of have to throw it on second down, right? Um, I think you got to go with one guy and maybe have packages for the other guy, but I think that's where you would go. 
Yeah, I think that's part of the problem, right? Is NFL, you can still kind of get, uh, you know, your main guy still in more of a mojo and have that third down, you know, passing running back. Uh, but uh, in the CFL, that's harder to do. And then, you know, if you're not getting, if you're constantly switching back and forth, is the guy really getting in his groove? Uh, you know, if he's getting the ball, what, eight times a game and it's interspersed quite a bit throughout with different carries from the other guy, like, uh, I think these are two talented running backs. I think it's hard to choose who, which one to sit because they're both, you know, elite running backs when they're playing well. Um, but that's not really a bad problem to have for Calgary, right? Like you pick one guy, you go with them. If he struggles, you go to the other one. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think that it's a great thing to have two running backs that can do the job, but, uh, yeah, I know for fantasy-wise, it definitely sucks, especially when I may have uh, wanted to play one, but, you know, didn't work so well. Anyways, uh, fantasy-wise, though, other than that, uh, what players do you have in mind? And uh, I'm going to predict it doesn't include Dylan Mitchell there, Ryan. No, it doesn't this week. Um, I don't have any Elks wide receivers in the players to watch this week, and the main reason is, yeah, I'm impressed with what Trey Ford's done, but he hasn't thrown more than 20 pass attempts in a single game yet, right? So uh, while names like Eugene Lewis, uh, you know, Manny Arsenal at his price are tempted, with the way they're spreading the ball around a little bit here, if you're spreading it around to five guys and you're throwing less than 20 times a game, like you're, you're max, what, four or five targets from any of these, these players, uh, I don't think that's worth it to me uh, to take a chance on right now. I also... Same thing when we talk about Calgary's running backs. I don't know which one to pick. Uh, and it's sad because it's it's a matchup against the Elks. It's the dream running back matchup this week. But Diedrich Mills isn't getting the ball a ton lately. And if Carey's good to go this week, it could be even less there. So uh, those guys are guys I thought about putting in but didn't. So the three names I do have for you, Trey Ford, obviously, again, at $11,000. Three games as the starter. Two wins and an average of almost 24 fantasy points. Uh, he's averaged just over 60 yards rushing and two touchdowns per game. And my big thing with him was, you know, can he protect the ball? And he's only thrown one interception so far this season. Uh, so I think he's impressively put up these numbers despite the lower pass attempts. And if he throws more, that'll only help increase his uh, potential here. I also really like Kevin Brown at 10,000 uh, because as the rest of the team has come to life under Trey Ford, uh, so has Kevin Brown. Three straight games over 10 points and a consistent workload for him. He's got 10 plus carries in six of his last seven games and in his last two, an average of 15. So the Stamps do give up the third most in the CFL starting running backs. And I think it's a favorable matchup there as well. And then I already talked about the price differences and you know, last week, Reggie Bangleton was at $13,000. He's been there for at that price for like five weeks in a row. And then he dropped a performance that included 13 targets, nine catches, 203 yards, two touchdowns, and 41.3 fantasy points. So naturally, you would think the price went up. Uh, no, you're wrong. It uh, For some unexplainable reason, it dropped $5,000, and Reggie Bangleton is just 8K. Uh, this weekend, heck, even Mark and Michelle is $2,000 more currently. Uh, granted, Bagleton did have three disappointing weeks in a row when Mayer was in a slump before that, uh, and so it remains to be seen what version we're going to get from him this week. 
but he's one of the most targeted receivers in the CFL. And after the performance put up last week and the cheap price, I don't see how you cannot uh, consider taking a chance on Reggie Bagleton uh, to put up another big week. Uh, Adam, what about you in this game? Oh, let me check here. I can't remember what I have here. Uh, I think I've only got... Yeah, no, I switched that one out. I've got absolute... Nope, the Calgary Stampeders uh, defense is what I have this week. And that is only for one reason, because they're $7,900, and I have to have a defense. They no are, other reason. I think they are the cheapest on the week, right? Um, and probably reasonably so, because Trey Ford has done a really good job lately of not turning the ball over and putting points on the board. Uh, what about you in this game, Trey? Don't have a single soul. I did have the defense for a little bit, but I made room to upgrade to Winnipeg later. So, yeah, I know I this is a game I kind of want to stay away from just because I want Trey Ford to do good. I'm just not sold on him fantasy wise. And a couple of players on Edmonton, I'm still a little shaky and I'm not very confident in Calgary, even though they do have some receivers putting up yards. I just think Labor Day, this one might be a tough one. That is fair. Uh, what about uh, for our picks against the spread and the over and under this week? What is it? Five minus five Calgary. I think this is more disrespectful than the Saskatchewan one, man. I'm going to say Edmonton not only covers, gets uh, loses by less than five. They're going to win this one for three straight wins. And I'll take the over. Um, Ryan, what do you got? I'm going to take Edmonton to win this one as well. I think uh, they are the better team currently. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but I've agreed with you on every pick so far, and I, I can't do that all the way through. So I'm going to take the under on this one. I just think, you know, we're going to get uh, uh, Mayer coming back down to earth this week. Yeah, Ford's looked good, but how many touchdowns they actually put on the board? Uh, I think this will come a bit short of the 46 and a half line. Adam? Did you say I took I bet. No, I'm gonna actually go with the Calgary Stampeders on this one here. Uh it's under a touchdown no matter what. So if they get seven points, well, guess what? The Stamps win this one. Uh so to me, I think it's gonna be by a touchdown. The rest Stampeders will win this one. Uh I'm gonna take the under as well, though, because yeah, both these teams ain't gonna score very many points. Unless Edmonton explodes in the first half. I mean, they seem to score points there, so you really picked Edmonton once and then rubbed it in our face and then just jumped ship after that and never again, hey? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. Um, so right. uh, you ready, ready for chaos, right? I think so, yeah. I think we... Uh, it's we'll get, fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into... Let's get into our CFL Fantasy League matchups and results. We'll, we'll talk about our other leagues first and then wait till, wait till Trey's back to uh, to talk about, uh, you know, our draft league, which is what we normally start with. Uh, and maybe he'll be happy to go, be gone for this portion as well because in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League, uh, this past week that the three of us are playing in uh, alongside other podcast hosts. Uh, I did beat Trey this week with the big comeback. Uh, I put up my highest scoring week of the year. Poor guy. Like, uh, he put up 120.5 points and lost this week, and it seems to be week after week. Trey's one of the top fantasy players in the world. He's just getting bad matchups uh, somehow. So, yes, I did pick up the win and clinched. A playoff spot. Uh, I've got the first one locked in here. 
seven more spots to go and both of you are right on the cusp and uh fighting to get in there adam you lost to uh kayla from the turf district this week as well so uh We'll see if we can do better this upcoming week. Uh, I face Ryan from Go Stamps Go. So, you know, it's a uh, battle of the Ryans this week. And I'm kind of uh, tempted to uh, battle his all stamps lineup with an all Elks lineup and just see what happens. I got nothing to lose in this league. Uh, I've got a playoff spot locked up. No, I, I would if I didn't have other leagues where I need to put up good totals and win. Uh, so that's probably not going to happen. Uh, Trey faces Oz from the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast. And Adam, you're facing uh, Andrew from the Turf District this week in our league there. Yeah, I've been facing too many Turf District people lately. It's uh, getting me scared. Although I did say I was drinking Mike's secret stuff, so maybe they're excited about that. I don't know. All right. Yeah, yeah I saw that. That was great. Um, yeah, so we'll see how things go. Four weeks left, I think, in the regular season on that one. Uh, and also we've got the Discord head-to-head league uh, where we play alongside other members of the Discord community. Uh, I beat Larry this week. Trey did beat FM Fan, uh, the only one in the crew to do so so far. So at least Trey was able to pick up the win there. And uh, Adam, you lost to Mike this week. Mike uh, took you down in the stand in, in your matchup there. Hey, I lost to a better man in that one. So I'll just say, good job, Mike. Uh, I'm coming back for you, and we're going to probably meet in the playoffs sometime. And, well, probably not because I probably won't make it. But that's not the point. Uh, <laughs> I'm still going to come and try to see if I can beat Mike somehow. Maybe later on in something else. The standings are tight. Uh, top six teams make the playoffs, and, you know, two wins separates first place and tenth place in the standings. So uh, I, uh, Mike and I have squeezed in the final two spots right now in fifth and sixth, but Trey is tied with me uh, and, like, ten points behind the standings. So uh, room, room for, you know, chaos uh, to happen there as well. Speaking of chaos, everybody's favorite part of the show uh today uh at least the part i'm looking forward to the most um where do we even begin well i guess i get to start because uh oh, hang on let me let me recap the previous week here before you get into things uh so preseason, we drafted our fantasy rosters uh and uh you know we've been tinkering with them week by week uh, and setting our lineups there. Uh, Mike continues to lead the way and is uh, hard to stop. 114.3 points for him this week. Ford had 30.1. Oliveira had 25.5. Keon Hatcher, a uh, big week for him as well. Tough to stop Mike. Uh, he had the biggest total of the week. Trey, you had the second highest score at 98.4. Uh, Chad Kelly and Dalton shown big weeks for you. Uh, almost cracking uh, 100 there this week. Yeah, well, I just I don't want to talk about it because I probably made some bonehead trades, but that's fine. No, we'll get to those. <laughs> yet, too. We'll get to those. We'll get to those. <laughs> I had the third highest score at seventy four point nine on the week uh, with uh, my leading score. I had a couple in the fourteen fifteen range. Nick Dembski led the way for me, but some disappointments elsewhere uh there and adam do we talk about it do we yeah we're gonna talk well about we gotta it get into it we, we gotta get into it 
you have been a disaster this year, my friend, like a downright disaster. And it gets worse and worse every single week. And I didn't think you could possibly top it. And this week you may have put up the lowest fantasy football score I've ever seen with 17.2 points, uh, leading scorer, Rene Paradis with six points on the week and zeros across the board from the three wide receivers in your lineup. 17.2 points, Adam. How how am I still in a how am I still in doing a podcast? I mean, I've been trying whatever I can to get out, and I mean, he he insists now that I have to do something drastic to fix this. Yeah, I, I still want to revisit that idea of a relegation round because I think we might need it. Um, but uh, I think this is basically what it's become. Uh, so Mike leads the way at ten fifty two point two. I'm about 50-something points behind him. Trey, you're about 130 behind me. Uh, and then Adam, you're in last at 727.1, which leads us to the chaos of this week where, Adam, you're going on a full-on fire sale and releasing pretty much your entire team and picking up a new one off of the waiver wire. Yeah, so if you want, I can start to get into that. Uh, but I want to get into the first things first. There was a trade between Ryan and Trey that needs to be talked about before I can talk about the first trade that I made today. Yeah, I guess, I guess we got to go through the order there. So I like to think Trey and I made a very reasonable deal with one another. I like uh, our trade. It went, it went south from there. Yeah, our trade was good. I really wanted James Butler. Like I said, he's the fantasy MVP. I haven't been too happy with what I've had at running back so far, so... Trey sent me James Butler and Justin McInnes because I needed a Canadian. And in return, I gave up Keon Schaefer-Baker and Kevin Brown. Uh, and, you know, Schaefer-Baker is on my injured reserve since the draft. I was waiting to play him. Put him in, I think. I don't even think I put him in my lineup before I shipped him off to Trey. Uh, I, there was also a future condition uh, put into that trade deal, which... We were going to unveil on the show tonight until Mike didn't show up and Adam decided to be late. So you're going to have to wait another week to find out what it is, I guess. Uh, Stay tuned for drama for next week, Uh, perhaps if you show up on time. Um, (laughs) If Trey doesn't slash my tires, maybe I would. (laughs) Next time I might be a Winnipeg, I might be just standing behind you guys. It's possible. I'm always worried about that. Um... Yeah, so future condition yet to be unveiled, but, you know, pretty reasonable trade. I, I I was happy with how that trade went between us. Then we get to the second trade of the week. Trey, you held on to Keon Schaefer-Baker for a solid, like, 27 minutes. Um, you want to talk about uh, the next trade that went down here? Go on, Trey. Yeah, because, because I, I did not – I went with uh, Trey Odom's Dukes, not realizing he's been on the PR. The last few weeks, me and Adam made that trade, and Adam swears he didn't know either, which I don't believe to be true. Yeah, look at that face. Um, so, Honestly, I didn't. So, so, but I'm a man of my word. I did. I'm a man of my word. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't cry about it. I didn't whine about it. We made the trade, right? So, that's... made the trade with a lot of crying with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, so right. I said it was. Did I ever once complain? No. I said you suck, but I never said we could reverse the trade. 
So no, that's hey. true. Uh, I have that in the official record. So yes, Keon Schaefer Baker goes over to from uh, Team Ryan to Team Trey to Team Adam. Uh, Adam's been trying to get Schaefer Baker. He's been he's been resenting me ever since the draft and trying to find a way to get him on his roster. Um, and Trey Odoms Dukes goes over to Team Trey. He is on the practice roster, so we will let you put him on IR at least. Uh, there, Trey. Um, speaking of IR, I think this next trade I see here is our uh, third one of the week, which is a player coming off of IR, which is Greg Ellingson going over to Team Trey for future considerations. Uh, I see this from Adam Trey. Can you confirm this is an official deal? Yeah, I guess I have to drop someone, eh? So I just thought of that. You can uh, let me know after the podcast as well. Well, yeah, because I need to see. I need to see. Yeah, how everything else is going to shake out. I need to see what here. Adam does with this redraft, and I want to see yeah. if I get my waiver claim in or not, or does he mess that up? But uh, yeah, that is accurate. All right, Greg Ellingson going over to Team Trey here for whatever future. What could the future condition on this one be? Uh, do, you want, do you want me to say what it is now? I mean, I've, I've got it already lined up. Okay, what is it? Well, didn't I say you got to go and buy me a beer at the Rum Hut? No, 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 you're buying me a beer. <laughs> Wait, what? what am I buying you a beer? I'm giving you Greg Ellickson. I'm taking Greg Ellickson off your hands for you, man. It's like I could have got two pieces for Greg Ellickson. You. I'll get you a beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I literally traded him just so somebody else couldn't have him. I know you did. Best, uh, uh, best nineteen fifty. I'm going to spend on that beer. <laughs> I know I bankrupted trade literally for uh, for this, but you know there were All right, many, well, I guess we there were many other trade uh, offers made. Mike uh, supposedly going hard for some trade deals here, but ultimately deciding to stand pat with his roster unless Adam has more things to share with me. Adam, you know, it, it, I don't know how this is a harsh word, but to me, this whole situation is just disgusting that this guy who put up 17 <laughs> points last week has acted like he owns the league this week and is just wheeling and dealing with everyone. Like, why did we, why did we let him do this? Why was this I, a thing that we I ever more, I more laughed how Ryan fell straight into my hands by going and uh, me saying, hey, you should, guys should let me pick one player from each of the teams. Ryan saying no, and then I say, well, come on. And he says no, and then I said, well, then can I have a priority draft? Or what priority waivers? Well, okay, you can have that. And I'm like, perfect. Now I have control of everybody's... Uh, <laughs> Well, waivers for a little while. He went with the most ridiculous thing first, just to make us, you know, and then he weaseled us yeah, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reasonable. I mean, so anyway, I think it is fair though. Adam is redrafting basically his entire team. The only yeah. players you're allowed to keep here uh, are you can keep one kicker and one defense. Uh, I believe is that what we're going with. Well, no, but I also get to keep Schaefer Baker for making the trade. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, you do get to keep him. Although I was about to make yeah, it. I was like, you have to drop your entire roster. <laughs> yeah, you can keep any players you just traded for. So, Keon, let's run through what the roster was that is now being dropped here, first of all. Quarterbacks, yeah, Taylor Powell and Cody Fajardo. Running backs, Kadeem Carey and William Stanback. Wide receivers, uh, Dylan Mitchell, Vincent Forbes Mamblo, a uh, Canadian pick there for you. Uh, Tevin Jones and Nate Bahar, those are all getting dropped uh, with Schaefer Baker remaining. 
Uh, Randy Paradis and Boris Beatty, uh, your kickers. I think you've said Paradis is going to stay, obviously, because he's your fantasy MVP this season. Uh, and BC Montreal are your defenses. So uh, you, you get to keep one because otherwise you don't have another one to really pick up uh, there. But yes, we did agree to give you priority. So, you know, normally we do a paid waiver system and you can bid on players. But Adam gets his choice of any free agents available this week and does not have to spend any money on them. So Adam, I'm going to on my sheet here, delete uh, everyone else out of your roster. Goodbye. Uh, Goodbye. Good riddance. See you never. Um, And (laughs) tell us who you're picking up this week uh, to build the second half of the season resurgence team here. Well, first of all, uh, Team Adam just wants to remind their fans that we have a good, we have a very good culture in the room, and we're going to work on getting a culture back in Team Adam. I'm saying whatever I can to keep my job, but don't tell anybody that. Anyways, out of the quarterbacks that we will be selecting, uh, first of all will be Jake Dolagala of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The second quarterback, as Ryan's forcing me to do this, is Jake Mayer of the Calgary Stampeders. I hate that I had to do that, but nevertheless, it's what has to be done. You could have given up your waiver priority. Nope, nope, definitely not doing that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, over on the running backs, I will, first of all, I'm going to look up the name to make sure I've got the name spelt right, because otherwise Ryan will go and not give me the right player, and then i got to redraft somebody new. I will take out of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Devontae Williams. And the other one that I will take, unfortunately, I didn't really want to take him either because I don't think this is going to work well for me, but whatever. I will take Diedrich Mills of the Calgary Stampeders. I don't know. That's all I got on that one. I didn't really have much option. Yeah, the not too many starting quarterbacks or running backs still available in our league, so uh, that those those picks make sense so far. Now you had more of a range of opportunities here at wide receiver. Uh, you need four of them still, and one of them has to be a Canadian. Yeah, so uh, for uh, I'm going to pick my Canadian first so that I have them. Uh, it will be out of the Montreal Alouettes, Tyson Philpo. And then, this is where I've been debating for a little while here because there were people that wanted players and I knew there was people that wanted certain guys. So I'm going to be the miserable guy and take them. Uh, first things first, from the Edmonton Elks, I'll take Eugene Lewis. From the... I hate to do that one, but I think I will have to. From the Calgary Stampeders, I will take Reggie Bagleton. And from the Toronto Argonauts, I'm going to take DeMonte Coxie. All right. So Eugene Lewis, Keon Schaefer-Baker, Reggie Bagleton, DeMonte Coxie, and Tyson Philpott make up the wide receiver room. Uh, Rene Paradis, uh, you've got locked in at kicker. Who's the second one? Now, I didn't look at this that close. Uh, the Edmonton Elks kicker, is he available? Dean Faithful is, yes. Yeah, I'll take Dean Faithful. I, believe, I thought Faithful was the only one that was available. 
And then for our defense, I have to keep Montreal. I think they're a better defense right now than the BC Lions. And I will take, well, they've been better and they have a good pass defense. I'll take the Edmonton Elks. All right. Yes, the only other defense available on the board as well. Uh, so, Team Adams, new team, Jake Dog. Oh, 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 I'm not done yet. Oh, boy. There are two uh, players that I'm going to put a $0 bid on that I didn't want to put on before because I didn't know if I could or not because now my priority waiver is done. I will uh, put a $0 bid on Trevor Harris. And I'll also put a $0 bid on uh, Bo Levi Mitchell. You technically didn't submit these through the form, but I'll allow it in this case because you're probably saving it for this. And are you adding both of these guys directly to the injured reserve? If they haven't been selected, yeah. They have not been. Oh, and also one other one that I'll put on the list. If he hasn't been selected, uh, I'll put a $0 bid on Siante Evans. You're going to put a $0 bid on a defensive back in a league. We're not Siante. Jesus Christ. My... Uh, Caleb Evans. See, that's why i got to get my names right. Otherwise, uh, you then need to drop Jake Dolagala or Jake Mayer. He is available, in other words. Caleb Evans is a backup quarterback on the roster, yes. Okay. Uh, drop Jake Mayer. <laughs> that didn't last long. This guy's wild. <laughs> I don't like Jake Mayer, man. He caught, he's the reason that this all started. This is all right, crazy, gonna... man. Do you know what you're doing? No, I have no clue. <laughs> I'm just making it up as I go along. Okay, never mind. Whatever. All right, Adam's new roster here. Jake Dolagala and Caleb Evans at quarterback. Devontae Williams and Diedrich Mills at running back. Tyson Philpott, Eugene Lewis, Keon Schaefer-Baker, Reggie Bagleton, Devontae Coxie are, are your wide receivers. Rennie Paradis and Dean Faithful are your kickers. Edmonton and Montreal's defense. And yes, you do have Trevor Harrison Bowie by Mitchell now on your injured reserve. Um, you know, you joke, you joke about it. <laughs> Hey, I gotta have some quarterbacks, man. I, you know what? One day somebody will come back, and I gotta have somebody better. Than Jake, Dolan I honestly and... didn't think your roster could get worse, but you found it. Oh, I disagree. It's ten times better than anything really? we had previously. Oh, like, I don't know. Boy, I'm not. The receivers are strong. Like the receivers, I think are pretty strong. The quarterbacks are still hot garbage. But what else am I gonna do? Uh, the what do you call it? I could keep I don't know I could should have probably kept Jake Mayer but whatever uh and then like okay, I said the uh, the run game I think the Ottawa pick is good I don't know about the uh Diedrich Mill one well it will remain to be seen you can't you can't get do much worse than last week you can only go up from here so uh we'll see if you can turn things around in the second half of the season or if more trade deals come through now that Adam's priority window has cleared, that means the other waiver wire transactions can go through, which means congrats, Trey, with a $1 bid. You're now the owner of Sean Bain Jr. Uh, you will need to drop a wide receiver, though. You did put Trey Odin's uh, Dukes on IR, uh, but you brought Craig Ellingson in. So, Peace, Braylon Addison. I play. <laughs> he did play last week. But I know, but I'll keep, I'll, I'll drop him. 
And then while we're here, while we're here, could I drop Drew Brown and add Cody Fajardo? You cannot add a dropped player until the next waiver priority period. What? Okay, whatever. Well, the that train. counts Mayer too. I will not yeah. count Jake Mayer in that. Come on, I just get up and drop him. No, if it's done within twelve minutes, no. <laughs> Come on. You can pick up That's Jake right. Mayer if you want to trade. Uh, no, I don't want that. No, I don't. Oh, that's fine. I'll keep Drew Brown. I'll keep Drew. All Brown. right. He's not. He's not starting this week anyway. I'll do it next week. Uh, I also awesome. have waiver transactions to come through this week. I will be dropping Taquan Mazel as at running back and adding uh, Canadian Andrew Harris. Uh, and I will be dropping Justin McInnes, who I just acquired from Trade in a Trade, and adding Tim White at wide receiver. So I just got oh. James. I just got James Butler. Uh, he's my lock in my lineup for the rest of the season for my starting running back. I don't really need a second running back who can do anything, but I'm going to flip the ratio and go uh, four Americans at wide receiver here and add Tim White. So uh, $0 bids on both of those for me. Uh, so I'm glad you didn't take them. I'm Couple. kind of annoyed with the Tim White one. Well, you know, you can look at the stats PDFs, Adam. Uh, Ouch! <laughs> that would never be burned with numbers, but here it is. Anyways, yeah, so it's been a chaotic week there. It's been, I think it's been a lot of fun for us, at least with the trade negotiations. We'll see how these uh, rosters change. Uh, roster changes lead to results in the upcoming weeks uh here for our fantasy league uh and we'll of course talk about them on the show and uh you know hopefully you, you get some inspiration of what to do maybe what not to do in your own fantasy draft leagues from some of the decisions that were made this week and uh yeah uh lots of fun with there and lots of fun with our nfl league that's coming up soon so again a reminder if you want to get in on that uh, join the Discord community and fill out the sign-up form in our NFL channel in the Discord. Anybody want to talk about anything else or time to wrap this up? I think it's time to wrap it up, right? Yep. Trey, you don't want one minute to go and cuss me out up and down the board for taking uh, Keon Chamber-Baker? You're all good now. I'm okay. No, I'm not. I want him back. Just kidding. It'll cost you. Maybe Nick Dembski. It's not happening. No, there you go. Can't have, you can't have them both. That's that's just not allowed. Uh, well, I did, but uh, it's okay. I got James Butler. Anyways, you know, let's wrap up this podcast here tonight. Uh, and we'll be back again next week. Same time, same place. Week 14 preview. Uh, we'll do all these same fun things. Uh, betting odds, fantasy picks, major storylines. I'm sure there will be other, you know, tomfoolery going on uh, throughout it as well. We like to have fun here. I'm having fun. I hope everybody else is having fun. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media as well, uh, we are on X at CF Countdown Pod. We're also on Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. You can find me on Twitter at CooperTrooper42. Don't really tweet a whole ton, but I'm there if you would like to increase the number of people you follow. Uh, you can also find Mike on uh, on X uh, at Mike Garrel. Trey, what do you all have going on these days? And where can people find it? You can find me on the X at Trey Harness Link. Just a bunch of horse stuff, man. And uh, now NFL, I guess. Plus EFL. But yeah, that's my other two things. Adam? 
I don't even care. We're, we're, I don't even want to know where I can find you, man. Well, you can maybe find me in a parking lot. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you can probably find me at, uh, far, at Adam Seward one over on X or just, you know, check out Instagram. I got lots of farm stuff going on. Obviously, you know, I've been all distracted all pretty much all episode, uh, thinking about the farm and, you know, maybe trying to get some other stuff done while I can, but, uh, yeah, uh, find me over there if you'd like to. We got farm stuff. I got CFL stuff. Just don't look at my fantasy stuff because, yeah, apparently that's bad. But I do have one good week. We are one good week, usually once a month. So hopefully you can hit the right month or week, I guess. Comeback starts here, man. Uh, it starts here. Uh, you're not out of it completely. Oops, that's uh, I didn't mean to put that up on the screen. Uh, there we go. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks to everybody who joined us here this evening uh, live. Any comments we had in the chat, we appreciate those. Whatever platform you're listening on, we like if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend games, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. On behalf of our panel here this evening, Trey and Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.